Give it up for Sheriff Rand Henderson and Sheriff Woody Wallace. These are the real heroes, so make sure you stand for them. Well, we're so honored to have you and we're thankful for all that you do. Um, there's a lot going on right now and there are a lot of people that may not want to join law enforcement because of the things that are going on. Like, why would you want to put yourself through that? What would you tell young people about a career in law enforcement? And I've told them often throughout this conference that a life of service is, the, is a life most fulfilled. So um, you guys serve every single day. So uh, tell us about why, uh, what, what, what the best thing about being in law enforcement is. Well, thank you, Christian. It's a great question. And yeah, we are in some trying times. Things have uh, certainly changed in the last year with the social justice movement. But absolutely, service matters. Service, um, have a servant's heart. You've got to get into law enforcement for the right reasons. And it's not to, you know, wear a gun, drive fast, wear a uniform, although those things are kind of cool. But that's not why you get into it. Uh, that's how you catch bad guys. So we, uh, we look for the right people. We recruit a little differently than we used to. Uh, your backgrounds really matter. We try to keep bad apples out of law enforcement because it's those bad apples that give us a bad name. Uh, it's not the profession that's bad. There are bad people that are in law enforcement. So we do what we can to keep them out. And if they get in, we do our best to get them out. So if you're interested in a job in law enforcement, my number one uh, piece of advice, especially to the youth, is what you do today matters. We do complete and thorough background checks and we're gonna find out some of the little things that you've done and we certainly don't wanna find the big things. So I tell my kids this and I would certainly tell you this, uh, walk with Christ, do what's right, do what, do what your parents tell you to do and do things that will be honorable that you could tell your parents about and that would be a shoe in to getting into law enforcement. Well, uh, I think when I first started to get into law enforcement, I know it's been a calling on my life, but I think kind of, he, he almost made me look bad because I'm gonna say I wanted to drive fast. <laughs> but uh, I quickly got to realize what, what it means in law enforcement, and especially in a community like I live in, a small community, that strong law enforcement is very important. It's a, it's a role model for younger kids. You have to be good. I don't like to term bad cops, or I don't like to term that not all cops are bad. Uh, I more say that uh, if it's a bad person, they're not really a cop, they just put on a uniform. So uh, there really are no bad cops. And I hate to see when people uh, demonize police in any way, uh, they, they deserve a lot of respect for what they went through. And if, you know, get in it for the right thing, uh, the, the Bible clearly talks about law and order and law and order is where we need to be. And if without law and order, you have chaos in this country. So that's a great perspective. I love the way you put that. So obviously you just didn't go into law enforcement and become sheriff. So what is the process? I mean, if, for someone here that wants to be a sheriff, um, what do you, how do you get to the place where you're at? Um, and tell uh, maybe some of the steps in your journey of getting to where you are now. Well, becoming sheriff, of course, is an elected position. So we're elected by the constituents in our county. It's a popular vote. Uh, 
so you, you've got to you got to have some sort of respect. You got to be a little bit popular, and uh, you got to be able to get up in front of people and and talk and make an impression. Because uh, somebody that can't talk real good is probably not going to do real good. But that don't mean that's not a good person. But uh, normally, a sheriff in most counties, they've been in law enforcement for a pretty good while. They've been through. They started out whether uh, as a patrolman or started out in the jail. Uh, started out just writing uh, tra traffic tickets or whatever, and then they kind of promote through the ranks, and they end up uh, getting into a position where the only way you're going to go is if you want to go any higher, then you got to run for sheriff. So, uh, in my my position or my, my instance, uh, I, I really didn't start at the lowest level. I was always in business for myself, and I saw a a, a void in my county that, that wasn't getting done. I saw that law enforcement was not being done properly, and uh, so I wanted to make a difference. So uh, somehow I got, I run for constable one time and I won. Uh, didn't expect it, but I did. And it was kind of a challenge. And so when I was constable and then I had other businesses on the side, the time come where uh, I couldn't have a really good business because there wasn't no good people in my county to do work as far as manual labor goes. They were all on meth. And I thought if I was going to do something about it, uh, if I wanted good workers in a business, then I'm going to have to do something about it. So then the challenge come for me to run for sheriff. And once again, I run for sheriff. Uh, I was the first countywide Republican elected in my county ever in history in Trinity County. So uh, I run and I won. I beat an incumbent and uh, the rest is history. I've been here for three terms now. Wow. Well, that's a great story. Um, I, I didn't know that about you. My story's a little different. It was, you know, it's been a lifetime of government service for me. I'm the Montgomery County Sheriff, so you're in Montgomery County right now for those of you out of town. So. <laughs> It is definitely a great place to be. It's a, it's a beautiful conservative area, and we really, really uh, love our constituents, and our constituents love our law enforcement. I got into law enforcement right out of college. So I'm a college boy, went to the academy that summer, and started as a patrol deputy in the Woodlands, which is a little community just south of here. And I've been uh, 27 years, so I've hit all the rungs. So think of the military, you know, deputy, then it goes corporal and sergeant and lieutenant and captain. And then it uh, became to a point, kind of like you said, that uh, to take the next step, and it's an, an administrative position, it's a management position. Uh, so I manage almost 1,000 employees and about 1,000 inmates. So that's a, it's a big job, but it's a one of service, one you've got to have the right aptitude for, and uh, it's all about the power of the Office of Sheriff is given to us by the community. So we are nothing in law enforcement, and I am certainly nothing as a sheriff without your support and the power that you give me to do the job that I do to fulfill the duties of the Constitution. So I thank each and every one of you. I love what he says is he's, he has the power from the people. And there's a reason why we don't have a state or, or, or a national police force, I mean. And the reason for that is because we should elect the people that are ethical, that can judge judiciously and, and smart about how they make decisions. And I think a lot of the Black Lives Matter Inc. group and the Antifa and, and this whole defund the police movement, it isn't just a bunch of anarchists behind this. I, I think if you look at what happened in Nazi Germany, if you look at what happened, what did they do? They got rid of the law enforcement and they brought in the brown shirts. And that's what they want. That's what the left wants. They want to control our everyday lives and we have to fight them. And we're grateful for law enforcement that do the right thing, that do the right thing, because it's a hard job. And I know that they're in the position sometimes where they have to make the right hires because these men that are women that are out in the streets, 
they have to make decisions in a matter of, it's a split second decision. And maybe could you walk us through some of those types of decisions and situations and scenarios that they find themselves in? Yeah, it's a, the split second decision, absolutely, because we're all judged on hindsight, you know, and it's, it's those decisions that can make or break a career that can either result in somebody's life being taken or somebody continuing to live, somebody's freedom versus their incarceration. So we have to take this very seriously, and a lot of that comes with competency. So we train, train, train to ensure our personnel are prepared for that situation. Uh, the situation that you see most often is gonna be a use of force, whether it be a combative hand-to-hand -hand situation all the way up to a use of force, deadly force, which would be a weapon or something of that magnitude. And we, we now record everything. Uh, when, when I was a young patrolman, we didn't even have cameras. We've come a long ways with that. And most deputies, most law enforcement professionals want that recorded because they want the public to see that they are doing the right thing. When that complaint comes in, they want to be judged on what that video shows. We have to be careful. Um, I've, I was a professor at Lone Star College and one of the courses that I would teach, I would show a video that showed the perspective of one camera in a police shooting with a, with a male that was walking away and he turned and this looked like his hand was sticking out. Well, there was a second perspective that I, after they all say he's guilty, yung, 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 yung. they go through all that stuff, he, this is a bad shoot and he needs to go to, that cop needs to go to prison. Well, then I show them the second angle and it clearly shows when the guy turns, he's got a weapon and he points it right at the officer. And so it's, you know, it's that perspective too. So we've got to be careful with that. But we, we always uh, train for, for that snap judgment and prepare for it uh, day in and day out. So when it comes, hopefully we do the right thing. And is that a little bit about perspective? <clears throat> You're never going to see from a camera the actual point of view or the, the, the view that the officer saw. Uh, you, you can never see it from his angle because in a high-stress situation, whenever you're encountering somebody that may or may not be looking to do harm to you, you have to read a little, you have to read everything. You have to read their body language. You have to read their facial inspections. And not all that can be done in a split second. So it's, it's, it's a lot of the training that he said, but you also have to read everything about that person before you just take some sort of action that's going, like you said, either take a life or put somebody in prison for the rest of their life. So it's a very critical thing. It's all about training. It's all about understanding people, watching body language. But you can never see enough angles from a camera to actually see exactly what that officer was seeing or feeling. It's just not possible. So until you've been in that position, you will never be able to say, I know what he should have done. The hindsight's 2020, like you said, where, you know, we always held a, 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 the court of public opinion. But uh, that officer, if he's trained right and he's got a good heart and he does things right, his, his actions are pretty much always going to be done the way they should have been done. I love that. Um, what are some of the difficulties that you find in your roles uh, every day? And um, what do you think that uh, the community can do to be helpful to you uh, in your roles? Well, the di most difficult thing that I do is I deal with a thousand inmates there on a daily basis. That's uh, just imagine that's, that's the number one responsibility of the county sheriff. That's what delineates us. Well, one of the many things, but that's the, the one responsibility that delineates us from a, from a police department. A sheriff's officer is responsible for the county jail. So there's a, there's a thousand inmates there that um, absolutely drive us crazy. And it's imagine a city with the worst population in the world. Yeah, that's kind of what the, the jail is like. And what was the rest of the question? Uh, how can the community be helpful to you? And the community can be helpful to us 
through being our partner. So we're a community policing agency. I'm a firm believer in community policing because back to that premise once again that we're nothing without, we have no power without the people. So we look to you to help us and guide us and work with us and, and foster the decisions that we make on an administrative level to ensure that you get the policing service that you want. And that's, that's imperative. And so we, we regularly participate in Good Neighbor Days and Coffee with a Cop. And we hold a Citizen Police Academy for you Montgomery County residents. We have a 13-week course that can teach you why, what we do and why we do it. And so you'll see from um, cops and dispatchers and jailers that'll teach you what they do on a day-in-a-day -day basis. And uh, so you get that perspective. It's really, really informative. So we do our best to open dialogue constantly. So when things go bad and you say, well, what kind of department is that? You already know the answer because you know us, you work with us, you, you know the faces and you know names within the agency. That's awesome. So uh, if you get a, ever get a jury summons, in my opinion, show up. That's, that's one of the things you can do to support your community a lot. It's very important for people to serve on juries. Uh, that also shows the law enforcement that you respect what they're doing and that you're going to go. You may not get picked for the jury, but if you get a jury summoned, show up. Uh, so many times the jurors are not getting picked. Uh, the, 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 the lawyers and the prosecutors, they need a, a good group of people to choose from. So if you want to do your civic duty, if you're not going to get into law enforcement or you're not going to get into some sort of government like that, when you, when you get a jury summons, go to it. Be on that jury, serve an open mind. Uh, not saying the police are always right, but at least serve on that jury so you can say you did your civic duty. That's really good. And what about young people? Um, what would you recommend they be doing right now in, in their situations in life and their scenarios to prepare to find what it is they're called to do with their lives? Uh, because I have been stressing at this conference, and so many others have as well, that God has gifted each of us to, to do something with our lives, and we all have our special talents and abilities and gifts. Um, so what would your recommendation be that, that they use their time and their gifts for something purposeful and meaningful? Well, purposeful and meaningful. Do uh, give back. So that you're here speaks to who you are already. You're already civically engaged. You're already... Um, you know, sowing a path uh, toward greatness, each and every one of you, just by your mere presence. So continually give back. Look for efforts to volunteer, network, get to know people, uh, ask people about the job that they do, ask people uh, if they like their job and if they would have made a different choice. Uh, look to your, um, your classes, if you're still in high school, if you're in college, or, you know, or take something that's a little different, you know, look around a little bit and try. I started off as a, as a business major, now look at me. I, uh, I switched two years later and into criminal justice whenever I realized that existed, and you know I would I would never look back. So uh, God will open those doors. Don't go kicking those doors. I wasn't great and um, in my business major, and I was kicking on that door because that's what my dad did, and I really didn't know what else to do. And then God opened this door to me to uh, criminal justice, and it's been a, a lifetime of, of service in law enforcement, and I wouldn't do anything different. And I. And I uh, thank God every day for the path that he gave me. I love that. I love that. You're I, I'm going to kind of reflect on the same thing he said. Uh, God's going to put you where he wants you. Uh, like I told you earlier that I was always in business for myself, and, and, uh, but that's not where he wanted me. Uh, 
my grandfather was a police officer back in his younger days in the city of Houston, and then he went on to be in business for himself. So all I knew when he was alive was the business aspect of it. And uh, when I was in high school, ironically, uh, I was voted to be the next Donald Trump eventually from school. So uh, I didn't didn't quite make that, but uh, I did get put into where I'm at. So, I mean, I, I believe that no matter what you're doing, if you're following where God's going to want you, you may take this path. Like he said, don't go beating down doors because eventually he's going to put you where he wants you. Just keep, keep, keep listening. Well, that's very good. And um, what about mentorship? Uh, I've talked about my mentor, Rafael Cruz, and uh, we all should have somebody that's older than us that can be like, a, I have a great father, but it's like I have a second father in Rafael Cruz, Ted Cruz's father. He's an amazing man. Um, we, all, we should all have somebody that we look up to that we have that gives us information, advice, and praise for us. And um, did you have somebody, I mean, obviously you you come into a sheriff's role and you like, how do you do this job? I mean, did you have people that mentored you and coached you along the way? I did. I, um, I had a work dad, so I had my, my dad and he, he was a great mentor to me. He's, uh, you know, he, he, he's still one of my favorite, my favorite humans. And I had a work dad that uh, kind of took me under his wing when I was a really young patrolman and he really groomed me to take those next steps. He challenged me. Uh, he frustrated me. He drove me crazy. Um, but he made me want to be a better person. He made me want to uh, challenge that educational box. And so I took a lot of steps that I may not have taken otherwise. So find somebody that you respect. It doesn't have to be somebody at work. It doesn't have to be somebody at school. It could be somebody at church, anyone that you look up to. And there could be multiple mentors. Um, I've, I've been mentored by probably three people in my life. Uh, and I would have liked to have had a lot more, but these are these are ones that I kind of globbed onto, and it and it worked out pretty well. And I encourage you to do the same because there's people that you know, believe it or not, have more life experience than you do, and they might be able to teach you a thing or two to keep you from uh, making those pitfall mistakes that they already made. You just got to listen whenever you're giving the advice. That's awesome. Yeah, so one of the hardest things is to do is to not reinvent the wheel, to listen to what the uh, other people that's been there uh, have done. I was very fortunate and blessed to have multiple people in my life that were able to mentor me and, and shape me over the years of where I was going to end up end up at, and some of them being from family to just acquaintances and, and, uh, and business people in the community. I, uh, I always heard from a very young, young age is you surround yourself by what you want to be like one of these days, and I learned that very young, so I started watching people that I wanted to be like, uh, and, and some of them were in business, some of them were in law enforcement, So, and eventually I got to where I'm at today. That's really good. And one thing I can say about mentorship is uh, sometimes you don't have like a perfect Elijah, Elisha situation. Uh, for many of my years in life, I mean, I didn't have like a Paul, Timothy type of relationship with people, uh, you know, outside of my father. Uh, but what I did do is I read books, I listened to podcasts, and you can learn from a variety of people in a different ways. And even from a distance, you don't have to know them. I mean, I can listen to Tony Robbins or John Max Maxwell or um, read Donald Trump Jr.'s book. I didn't know Donald Trump Jr. really, I mean, until like, a, you know, about six months ago. So, I mean, we formed a friendship now, but, but back then I didn't know him. You can read their books. You can read their, you know, learn about their podcasts. Um, you can learn a variety of different ways. You don't always have to know the person, but you can allow yourself to be trained and educated. You can put yourself in conferences and go to the right places to learn everything that you need to know to get to where you want to go. A uh, last thing I want to end with is, is prayer for you. And so uh, this is totally extemporaneous. Uh, Raphael, 
Cruz, would you come up and pray for uh, these sheriffs? And uh, let's, let's all, if you would, if you would stand and just uh, extend your hand and, and pray for uh, these gentlemen. Let us pray. Our Father, Lord God, I thank you, Father, first of all, for the great country that we live in, a country that was built upon the Constitution and the rule of law. And I thank you, Lord God, that civilization has been able to progress in this country because of that abiding by the rule of law. I pray for these two men that have dedicated their lives, Father, that we may live a safe and secure life. May we, first of all, be grateful for their sacrifice, their commitment to make us safe and secure. And I pray, Lord God, a hand of protection be upon them or upon their families, Father, and that you will give them the wisdom to be able to lead and direct each and every person in their departments, Father, that we may live a quiet and peaceful life to your glory, Father. Be glorified through us and through their lives, Father. We commit their continued service to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, give it up for Sheriff Rand Henderson and Sheriff Woody Wallace.